I think everyone wants to increase their conversion rate, right? And you probably have heard different percentages thrown out there in terms of what is a good conversion rate. And when I met Alicia Barr through another person who was on Cash In On Camera through Katie Brinkley, we met. When Alicia started talking about the types of percentages that we're talking about today in this topic, which is how to achieve a, here's the punchline, 75% follow-up conversion rate, my ears perked. So Alicia, so great to have you here on Cash In On Camera. This is something that a lot of coaches, consultants, service providers, entrepreneurs, solopreneurs, like they want to know, how can I leverage and maximize my conversion rate through following up with people to the rate of 75%? That's amazing. How do they do it? Yeah, so a lot of people understand that sales happen through follow-up more so than they happen on the call, but they just are like, I don't know what to say. Yeah. So they usually just keep checking in, following up or touching base or circling back. Basically, it sounds like, do you want to buy my thing? Are you going to buy my thing or not? And so there's nothing in it for the other person. So like, think about you. Do you like when people check in with you if you're going to buy their thing? Do you want to respond? Right. And I've been guilty of this. When you said this to me, you're like checking in, circling back. I've been guilty of doing that. I think a lot of people are like, yes, I've done that. Why is that not effective? Yeah, because it feels like there's nothing in it for the person who's receiving the email. You're basically just saying, hey, are you going to buy from me? So there's not a real reason for them to want to respond. If you contact them with something in value, with value for them, it makes a huge difference. I, I think that people understand in their intuition that I don't want to just check in again. I feel stupid. Like that's why they don't follow up. So instead you want to say things like, well, first of all, hopefully in your sales conversation, you talked about what is your timeline for making a decision on this. So you can understand if they have somebody coming in town next week that they need to talk to, or they need to get through this launch first, or they have to have this done by third quarter or whatever it is. And those are really good reasons to reach out and follow up, but also client success stories. So I just got done with a reporting call for my client. We were able to increase their leads by an extra 150 since we started working together. Can't wait to do the same for you. Have you made a decision yet? Right. A results oriented angle to reach out to that follow-up. Yes. It gets them excited. So that's yeah. one example, but there are lots of other examples. Should I give the other examples? Well, listen, before we do that, I want to dive in and just let the audience know that you are coming at this from a lot of experience, like 14 years plus in sales and marketing. And I just love the fact that you help people convert 80% of their leads at custom sales strategist frameworks is really what's leading to people to get the results that you've achieved, which is 50 million in services yourself that you've sold and 10.2 million for others in the last two years alone. So Alicia is somebody who knows what she's talking about. And I love the fact that you take this angle of the subtle selling, right? There's so much that we see online, like Rob, hitting people over the head by my stuff. And that's yeah. not your approach at all, which I appreciate because I don't think anybody really wants, people want to buy things, but they don't want to be sold. It's so very true. And custom is just, I don't know why all sales training is one size fits all. A lot of times they tell people you have to be extroverted and you have to be uncomfortable and you need to do it a hundred times and be uncomfortable before it starts working. And who wants to do that? That just sounds terrible. So it's the same for you, Cheryl. You find out what people want with video, and then you customize it to them. It's not like a swipe file of video, very tailored. And that always will work better. 
Well, anytime that I've ever sold a high ticket package, it is more of that approach, right? It's like customized approach. I may not have sold to the level you have here, <laughs> but I've sold packages, gosh, $35,000, $75,000 packages. That is something that doesn't come from creating a funnel. <laughs> no, I didn't have a funnel for that. <laughs> didn't create a funnel to sell a $75,000 package. What it was though, was building relationships and customizing the approach. So I very much appreciate that you specialize in this area because this is something that a lot of, I think, entrepreneurs overlook because they're so focused on creating the automated marketing, not focusing on where I believe the true advantage or benefit is doing it this way. Yeah, a lot of people think they just need more leads, but really it's so much easier if you just convert more of the leads that you have. You just save a lot of time and make a lot more money. Well, let's go back to the different ways that we can do this to achieve a 75% follow-up conversion rate, which is very high. Let's say we have the leads. You know, What are the next steps? What are the things that we need to keep in mind? Yeah. So in your sales conversation, hopefully you got those future entry points that we were talking about. Like, is there some seasonal urgency that's coming up, some deadline for their project, somebody coming in town, they need to talk to any of those things. And then outside of that, the client success is definitely a great way to reach out to somebody. Another really great way is to say, if you thought of a new idea that you could use for them, so she's like, oh, I saw this really great video that someone did engage, like it was a skit, but it's so beautifully illustrated how they provide the solution and how it's different. And I could see doing this for you too. Have you made a decision yet? So something that they can get excited about that has value for them. Another option could be like an industry article. So like for Cheryl, just because we're talking, you, you could say like, they're saying that 95% of people are making buying decisions on video now, and that's just increasing. Check this out from Forbes. Would love to make this part of your process so that it becomes really easy to move clients forward. Have you made a decision yet? or we can triple your leads or whatever their goal was. So those are some examples, but do you get the idea where it's like, offer something that they can feel excited, not just, can you buy my thing? It's so funny with this, with cashing on camera and guests that we bring on the show, there seems to be this through line and narrative around reciprocity and this idea of giving without asking for anything in return. Like this comes up in a lot of different ways. It's coming up again. And I think the thing that we have to keep in mind is like, if you try to hammer stuff over people's heads, people are not stupid. They're savvy. They know they see through you. Their spidey senses are tingling. They know you're trying to sell them something if you don't come at it from a genuine place. And so these examples that you're giving, I believe, especially if they are coming from a giving place, right? If you are actually putting in the, the effort to find the article or to make that connection between I read this and this person who I need to follow up with, you have to kind of put those two things together and then action that piece. It takes effort. It takes a bit of time, but it's worth it to put in that time and effort so that you don't come across as the person who's trying to bang someone over the head with their product or service. Yeah, it does take some effort, but you've already put effort into the sales call. So it's almost <laughs> like it's a waste to not capitalize on that effort. It's usually the closest way to money, honestly. And a big part also of that, that I do want to highlight, a lot of people are like, let me know, which is very passive. Just right. say like, have you made a decision yet? 
I noticed that you kept saying that and I wrote that down. Have you made a decision yet was the phrase that has come up in this conversation. And yes, it's not passive at all. It's not aggressive either. It's just, have you made a decision yet? Yeah. People are so scared to just be direct, but when you're like, what's going on? Like, just let me know. Nobody's mad about that. Right? Like nobody's like, they can understand your position. It's understandable that you're asking. Okay. Let me frame it this way. Let's say you have a sales conversation with someone and you discover that the timing is not now, but they want to, and sometimes they ask and say, Hey, could you follow up with me in six months from now? Because I've got this project. I got to get this off my plate mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. And then you're going to follow up and then say you do follow up and still not the right time is six months again. How long is too long for there to be like a follow-up pattern? Is there any point at which kind of pull the plug on it and say, this is not going to go anywhere? Or is it like a case of, no, keep following up. Doesn't matter if it takes a year and a half. So like, what is the time frame where you need to put the brakes on the follow-up? Yeah, that's a great question. And it's a question that has so many variables. Mm-hmm. It depends on what the normal sales cycle is for whatever you're selling. Like my husband sells air compressors. They're like multi-million dollar machines and it takes six months to five years to sell one of those projects. If it's something like not millions of dollars, but like under a hundred thousand dollars, you don't need to follow up for a million years. You can also kind of like understand it depends on the person. Like I personally, if you want to work with me, let me know I'm here. Sometimes prospects like to be like, Ooh, chase me. And it's like, you have to prioritize your time too and where you're getting the best return for that time. So if you're selling something that's like $5,000, I would definitely not be following up a year later. You could, but it's probably not going to convert because it's very clear that person is not making you a priority in any way, shape or form. Right. Okay. What do you think is the biggest mistake that entrepreneurs and business owners are making as far as follow-ups are concerned? Yeah, I would say not doing it is like number one. Number two is not asking on the actual sales call, like what's your timeline for making a decision? Often the the conversation ends and they're like, I'll get back to you. And it's like, okay, great. And you just never know when that's gonna be and you end up in this little hole. So being proactive about it in that way and basically just not offering anything of value, but just basically being like, hey, can you let me know if you're gonna buy it? I think a lot of attention is spent on and preparation is spent on dealing with objections, right? We hear a lot about that in like in sales coaching, you know, type of thing. It was like, have an answer for every objection that's going to come up. And I didn't hear you say that. You didn't really talk about it. So yeah, I have a very different approach to objection. A lot of people want you to just overcome or have an answer. But if you think about how you feel when you bring up a concern to someone and they just like dismiss it, it's not valid. You should buy it. What you're saying doesn't matter. And here's instead of giving it like, okay, let's talk about it. Maybe it's valid. Tell me what's making you say that what's making you think that really understanding the other person. And it's usually not valid when you guys can come to that conclusion together, rather than you just dismissing your objection. It's a lot more of an empowered, like you're empowered with information. The both of you are. Or having some type of pat answer for the objection that you're expecting. It seems so formulaic and it seems rehearsed. And the person on the receiving end is just like, yeah, of course you're going to try to overcome my objection. So I'm like not really listening to you and you're not convincing me. And I just, 
want to keep my objection because I don't trust you. And and you're right. There could be an underlying trust issue and, and things of that nature. So yeah, I love that. One of the things that we do here on Cashing on Camera is we have a segment called Stop Marketing Like It's 1999. So what is a tip, a tool, a tactic, or technique? It could be related to this topic of achieving 75% follow-up conversion rate or not. But what is something that's working for you, Alicia, today to help you market yourself? Yeah, I think that I'm a little different in the way that I, I don't like really late content. I keep it short. Like people definitely comment on that quite frequently. I think that we don't, you've seen this in video, I'm sure. People just don't have the same attention spans. I know, they don't. They really don't. And in 1999, I have some magazines from 1950 and it's like, whoa, it's like a small book. I know. (laughs) I'm like, how did they have time to read this thing? Or those mailers that would go out that were like, extensive source and we have time for like a headline well we have i think that we have the attention span less than a goldfish right so we have to it's like can't remember what the statistic is but it's like our attention span is less than a goldfish that says something about it so what you're saying is then the content you're creating you keep it short and that's the strategy yeah it's just like concise and to the point It's not like building this whole, the other thing that is helpful if you're going to go long is storytelling, which people have been talking about storytelling and sales and marketing forever and ever. It definitely makes it easier to digest what you're talking about. And it's a very powerful thing in both sales and marketing for sure. I love it. Alicia, where do people, um, actually you have a free gift, I think on your website. I do. I have the three steps to pitch weaving. So a lot of people have a format to their sales call that's like Q&A pitch, which is just one person talking for like 10 or 15 minutes. The other person glazing over and half hearing them. So this is a different approach that allows you to subtly weave it in through the beginning of the call. So there's not much heavy lifting at the end of the call. I like it. So the subtlety that you're known for weaves its way into this process. Yeah. And it doesn't feel salesy. It's just honest. I love it. Alicia, this has been fantastic. Thank you so much for coming on the show. And uh, the URL for that again is? It is pitchweaving.aliciabar.com, I believe, or sales. Actually, you know what? I think it's sales.aliciabar.com forward slash pitchweaving formula. Okay, thank you, Cheryl. I'm going to put that actually in the comments below the video so that people can click it and that'll be easier, I think. Okay, perfect. Fantastic. We'll do that. Awesome. Alicia, thank you so much. I'm so glad that Katie connected us oh, and yeah. that we had this conversation. We'll have you back to talk more about sales and marketing and your unique approach to it. Thank you so much for being here today. Thank you so much for having me, Cheryl. This podcast features curated audio originating from live video interviews simulcast on social media. You can catch full video episodes at Cheryl Pluff and on my YouTube channel. To learn how we can help you use video to grow your business, visit CherylPlouffe.com. Remember, you can send us a voicemail question or suggestion for inclusion in the show from our main podcast page. Cashing on Camera is a production of Cheryl Pluff Media.